Hello guys, welcome back to Mantalk.ke. It's another season and uh, we can't stop smiling. We're so excited to be back. And as you can see, some things have, things have moved, things have upgraded. We have mics now. We're fighting the urge to sing. We won't do that. Um, Who said? Who said? <laughs> Go. No, don't. don't. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe if you give it to me, I what? I'll give it to you. You what? I know what you want. Welcome back. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> as you can also see, we just have to get that out of the system. As you can see, we're also back in Kofisi. I hope that sounds good on the podcast. I'm sure it does. I hope it does. Uh, back in Kofisi here at Keystone Park. Uh, it's our regular spot. We're in the knowledge room. Beautiful space. Really good for co-working. I personally come here literally every day of the week. I basically live here at this point. There's going to be a link to all the information to do with Kofisi down below. So if you need a co-working space with some nice ambiance, they play nice jazz here as well during the day, then Kofisi is your spot. So thank you, Kofisi, for sponsoring this season. Ha! Huh. Today's topic. Today's topic. If we remember last season, mm-hmm. uh, one of the questions in the Q&A mm-hmm. Uh, was do you prefer light skin or dark skin girls? And you said, please give my, me time. Give me time, my mantle family. Please, kindly. Yes. yes. Allow me uh-huh. to the re- grace uh-huh. to do research. To do research. And come back mm-hmm. and give you my findings. Yes. Um, yes. As tragic as they are, mm-hmm. as sad <laughs> uh, as they Dara. are. Today's topic is colorism. I'm looking at the camera um, because um, we have. While we're doing research on this episode, I think Ila and I discovered that this is actually a very complex sociological issue. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's easy to talk about, especially as black men mm-hmm. in Africa, mm-hmm. um, because we might actually be one of the main you know, perpetrators of this, mm-hmm. but we too are victims of the same. Mm-hmm. And for those who don't know what colorism is, uh, today me and Ila will try and give you a general breakdown mm-hmm. in simple Mm-hmm. conversation yeah. format yeah. with yeah. vibes yeah. Uh-huh. always always yeah. the the topic like you said is complex but the essence of man talk is to just dive in and be as honest as possible we are works in progress so what when we're speaking it's where we are now in yeah. our lives and we can be as objective as possible but we think the best thing is to have the conversation um and as two men that you've mentioned that you know obviously in a society everyone's influenced by exterior factors we have been too so even our opinions are also influenced, but the best thing we can do is try and be honest and dive into where it's been informed from. Exactly. So that's the idea of today. I think we can kick off with the definition because there's a very specific um, um, section in the definition that people need to remember when we're talking about this topic. Yeah. Um, so do you want to read it? Listen, I'm not, I'm not making mistakes yeah. today. And then, and then we'll say what the specific bit, bit, bit is that we need to remember. Calm. Yeah. Um, so guys, um, colorism. Mm-hmm. The term colorism, um, the first time it ever appeared, um, was in 1982 by Pulitzer Prize winner Alice Walker, who in her book, um, In Search of Our Mother's Gardens, said, um, colorism is the prejudicial or preferential treatment of same race people based solely on their color. It is not racism, although there is a clear relationship. So the specific thing we need to remember when we're talking about this topic is that it's within the same community of the people that are of the same color. Exactly. So it's that discrimination. Um, So the way this episode is going to go, we'll talk about it in general. We'll talk about our own experiences in terms of our relationship with women and color, and then our own experiences as two guys of certain shades of color. Then we'll dive into like, I won't say academic, but like what we've found when we've done research to maybe justify how 
our experiences have got to where they are, right? And how mm. we've kind of found out that maybe we thought that we were we just had a preference, mm-hmm. but turns out it might actually be a statistic. Exactly. Yeah. Which is yeah. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> and then sad. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. uh, last night on social media, we put it out there for you guys to give your opinion. Uh, what is the core root of it? What is the solution? And we'll read some of the feedback or just give the general consensus that we got there. So it's, a, pa- it's a packed. It. Let's let's jump into it's a, it. It's a packed yeah? episode. Get your armbands. Let's dive. Come on. All right, buddy. Uh, I'm gonna start <clears throat> with my first question mm-hmm. about colorism. Mm-hmm. And you know, please note we're shooting from the hip. So <laughs> no, no one here yeah. is actually prepared. So like, yeah. yeah. So uh, what has your experience been like in relationships when it comes to, have you seen any preferences uh-huh. when it comes to the women that you're dating okay, or the <clears throat> women that you've been with or spent time with or had yeah. a romantic interest in? Yeah, yeah. Um, so my dating history is very limited, but I can speak to... But I can speak to uh, my mindset and my relationship with attraction when it comes to women yeah. uh, in general, right? So, uh, for context, if you're not familiar, um, the reason I talk like this is because I grew up in the UK. Um, so my uh, experience is going to be very specific to like my environments as I've moved. I've been in Kenya now for three and a bit years, right? So growing up, formative years, that's where we'll start. Formative years, my environment uh, grew up in Oxfordshire. So my environment was we were the only black family around, like mm. Full stop. Yeah, there was yeah. no brown. No, nothing. No there was, shades. There was, there was no shades of blackness. There was Indian, and that was it. And then yeah. us as the only Africans. Later on, people came, but so formative years. My environment. My first girlfriend, when I was like a small kid, was white. Second one, white. Always they were all white because that was the only thing available to me. So in my mind, when you're um, at a very young age, you don't realize your environment is specific to that. So I'd go home. I'd know my mum is beautiful. I think my sister is the cutest thing in the world. But I didn't associate them with a beauty that I like because I'm a young guy, I'm a young teen. Everything I'm associating with like girlfriend, etc., is white. So growing up, all I liked was white girls because that was only the only thing available to me. Um, available to me? Does that sound strange? Mm. Available to me? Mm. No, only thing around. So um, now growing up, I got to the age of now, th- I want to say like 16, 17, right? Where you start to, you've come out of the, the child phase, you're starting to become like an adult. Mm. Uh, puberty's happened you know so those the, all those things so even my relationship with women has changed from cute to now like okay i'm seeing women that are the girls that were girls and now women mm-hmm. so my relationship yeah so that's now they're more what I'm do you mean when you say that the girls they're are more girls sexual are... objects now okay um before it's like cute you feel this but now when you're teen and everyone else is a teen there's hormones this is a sexual being right so now mm-hmm. my relationship has gone from girl to woman so um what happened then is i carried on with the white etc etc and there was now in my environment, there was now, there was a few mixed race girls um, that happened. So now I started being like, oh, there's a mixture. So there's what I associate with um, home and beauty. And then also what I've associated with my girlfriends combined into one. So then I went to, I thought in my mind. So mm-hmm. when you sexualized the, did you sexualize the white women or did you sexualize women generally? Generally, because now oh, I'm, okay, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. coming into my own as a man, okay, right? Okay. Um, so I remember one conversation when I was in this phase of my life and I'll say to my mom, oh, I really like this girl. And she'll be like, show me. And I'll be like, oh. And she'll be like, of course, it's a mixed race girl because it's the only thing he can see, right? Um, then I had a very tough conversation with my mother and my sister because I used to say stuff like, I was a teen, bear with me, stuff like, yeah, it's my preference. I just don't really like uh, dark-skinned girls. I, I like white girls and I like uh, mixed race girls. And that's because that was all, the only thing around, right? Then my mom and my sister actually sat me down and they said, why? 
And I was like, yeah, I just find them more beautiful. I just, I don't know. There was no real answer. Was like, I just, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I like what I like. You hear that a lot, right? Um, and then they said to me, they were like, you have to think about where that comes from. This was a very frank conversation and I was so defensive. And when I left that conversation, they probably thought he's never going to change his mindset. But so what did they say stuck. specifically? Do they you? were like, they were like, okay, so do you find us beautiful? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah but you're like mum and sister. But then they were like, okay, but do you find other black girls beautiful? I'm like, mm, I prefer mixed race girls because we go to London, we we'll go to churches. But when I was looking at a beautiful, beautiful girl, it was mixed race girl, right? Then <sighs> I, yeah, this was just my my reality. Then after after a while, I started actually, okay, so the parallel to this, mm. while this is going on, my relationship with women is my relationship with myself and my blackness, right? So when I was a kid, I didn't know I was black. Mm. I've said this a few times. When I was a small child, I knew I, was, I looked different, but in my mind, I didn't. The only thing I'd see as different is, so David Beckham used to have like hair, like certain hairstyles. And my friends could do the hairstyles that David Beckham could do. I could not do them. So I tried to do a quiff. I tried to part it because I wanted to be like the white guy, but I didn't know why, right? Then um, as my relationship with my blackness developed and I was like, wait a minute, let me go and read. Then I started to actually appreciate me as a black human being. Like I'm different and I'm okay with it. Because there was a certain time I was different, I wasn't okay with it. All I wanted was to have slick hair. I used to texturize my hair, right? So that was my reality. So as I developed as um, a black man, my relationship with black women developed too. Because I started to love the fact that I was black. Then the thing that I had, the conversation I had, I'm now like 18, 19. Mm. The conversation I had where they were like, why do you find this beautiful? Now it's struck. And I was like, wait a minute, why do I find it beautiful? Then I'm starting to read. Then after... Now, me, I was very happy being a black man. I started looking at black women as sexual beings now. Because as for me, I was like, okay, I am a black man. I can be with a black woman. Mm-hmm. And then I had my first girlfriend, proper girlfriend, who was a black Kenyan woman. So that was my um, journey up until then. And then as it's gone on, um, the only thing I have liked. Is- <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem. I mean, it's, uh, it's- <laughs> being being yeah. in the environment, I can say it's tough. I- it's, I, yeah, so I mean, the man is operating in abundance. <laughs> <laughs> He's in Nairobi, Kenya. He's just so um, so that that's my experience in the UK. Then, um, in relation to my blackness, I always wanted to find out where I'm from. Okay, cue me coming to Kenya. This is a few years ago, and at that point, I love the fact I'm black. I only like to watch black stuff. I like black music. Everything was black, 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 black. black. <laughs> yeah. So um, then I came to Kenya. Yeah, and. Can you imagine my environment has, because, okay, after Oxfordshire, I moved to Kent, again, very white. So I'd never been around that many black women in my life. I came to Kenya, I touched down from the air hostess. It's like abundance, like you said. Baddies. Abundance. Baddies. (laughs) Genuinely, it's been, like, I've never seen so much beauty in my life. Like, I say this to you regularly. I'm like, we have... Anyway, let's not get. Uh, I'll get. Let's not get into that. But yeah, no, go, go. This the, is the we, episode we to have, go. We have the most sensational array of black women here, from like light to dark. It's like dum, 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 I used to dum, when I arrived. Dum, I used to drive through CBD, and I would just look around and be like, genuinely. And that appreciation <laughs> probably came from my scarcity. Yeah, I think that appreciation. That's where it came from. Um, so my relationship now yeah. with black women is I've been around them now for a good few years and I'm still, still in awe, genuinely still in awe. So now when I look at um, what is beauty for me, yeah, the template of um, whiteness, it's not even in the same conversation. And that's not to say that I don't appreciate them, but I can't, 
the same way when I was in that environment, all I could see was white people. No, in this environment, all I see is just melanin and it's it's sensational. So that's my relationship now with beauty. Um, I'm so happy being a black man now. And that means I'm so happy being with black women. Do you get any effects like when it comes to the shades of black? Or are are you? Because you know, mm, like, does mm. this mean that lighter skinned women okay. now get the shorter end yeah, of the stick? Yeah. If you look at okay, no, I won't say that. But like, if um, the spectrum of shade, right? Yeah. For me, it really, it really varies. I've been with everything on the on the spectrum, okay. and even when I'm been with, as in like you know, interacted with. Um, and even when I'm looking at someone says, oh, that's a beautiful girl, I can go dark, I can go light because it's not a, so, okay, here's a really interesting fact. And this is how how I look at beauty, right? From a scientific point of view, the thing we associate with beauty is symmetry. It's not color, uh, right? So for me, okay. that's why even when we we're in a social house the other day and I was looking at one girl and I said, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was bad, it was though. to do with the symmetry it was to do with like you actually look sensational like i'm talking like cheekbones everything the way things are structured it's just sensational then like and that was an extremely dark woman i could look at a light woman and feel the same way but i think that only comes from being exposed to lightness appreciating lightness then coming and seeing an array of darkness and just the fact that you're black for me was enough like that's the criteria yeah to me dating yeah so the shade has not actually affected me that much genuinely Okay. Yeah. yeah, but it used to. It used to. Yeah, gotcha. I was like, hey, like light skin and silky hair. Nah, come on now. That used to be when I was like 13. My God. But we're going to dive into the nuances and like how we mm. get to that stage. Yeah. Mm. So, um, Oscar Common. Um, oh, my what, God. What has your. I don't want to talk about research. I want to talk about your experience first. <laughs> what has your. And then, I hide behind the research. I live what, by behind the stats. <laughs> behind the what, stats. <laughs> give me the numbers. <laughs> what has your relationship been with uh, beauty? with black women from like formative years to now terrible okay there it is uh uh-huh. terrible I'll, I'll start i'll start now you see the you have to understand now for me yes i was raised in a black household mm. by a black mother mm-hmm. um now my mother is not uh, dark skinned mm-hmm. um, mm. my mom has always been like a light skinned you know mm. woman yeah and my mom growing up was gorgeous. If I look mm. at her pictures, I usually just go, mm. mom was like mm. an absolute queen. Mm. Um, and she still is. I was raised by aunties who are dark skin and light skin, mm. but I didn't think nothing of it. Mm. But I think what really affected my point of view as to what is considered beautiful and what is not is how even since we were kids, like what's, what do you think is beautiful? It's the light skin girl. Mm. It's the, you know, the mixed race girl mm. um because you you have to i for some reason our society kind of considered us mm. like kind of made us from a very very young age to think that being lighter is somehow being better or being more beautiful mm. whereas we are making always making fun of even me i did mm. in fact there's a friend of mine who is very very close to me one of the jokes i used to make when we were growing up is that like i used to make fun of her skin Mm, mm. came up with the meanest jokes because mm. I can get very creative. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, the truth is I was doing it from a point of affection. Mm. But, like, I didn't realize that maybe it had a very, very negative impact as to how she perceived herself as a woman. Mm. And this is somebody who I genuinely loved. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, because society had always cultured me to be, like, like dark skin was less than mm. and light skin was more than. Mm. And there are colonial connotations to that. Kenya is a colony of Britain. So mm. we will used to be a colony of Britain. It's mm. part of the Commonwealth. Um, this is, which is 
something we're going to discuss later, but yeah. I do not want to hide behind statistics. I saw you going. I will not. I will. No, you. <laughs> I, will stick, I will you. stick to it. But like, <laughs> yeah. um, it's something that legitimately mm. is something that, um, it's honestly something that I think has really, really affected my dating life and my relationships mm-hmm. and my approach to women generally. Mm-hmm. Because, um, if you line up all of the, and I will mm-hmm. tell you this, if mm-hmm. you line up all of the women who I have mm-hmm. called my girlfriend, and mm-hmm. they're not that many, mm-hmm. all of them are light-skinned women. 12 light-skinned women, crazy. <laughs> 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 Look at this guy. Who do you think I am? <laughs> Jesus. Walking around, walking around with the disciples. Walking <laughs> around. No, anyway, so like, so like, yeah, yeah all, like, it's Sprite, and I will tell mm-hmm. you, it's like Sprite Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. Like, would you line them all up? It's other like, beverages are available. <laughs> yes, yeah. other beverages. <laughs> hey, guys, sorry for interrupting the podcast. I know you're having fun. It's a fun conversation, isn't it? Um, today's episode is sponsored by Samsung and the Freestyle, which is a smart projector, which we've been enjoying and having a ton of fun with. Um, so, Eli. Yeah, buddy. Uh, the question today is for you, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what's your favorite feature of the freestyle? All right, okay. Okay, check this out, right? So, this projector has the ability to do a 180 degrees turn. What does that mean? So, imagine you're like laying on your sofa, right? And it's projected on the wall. If you want to now lay back, you literally turn the projector, the axis, and it will project on the ceiling. So, you can literally fall asleep watching or like putting like starlights on your ceiling. Incredible, incredible feature. Oscar, that's mine. What's yours, bud? First of all, not everyone has a sofa, Eli. That was quite insensitive. <laughs> quite insensitive. Second of all, uh, you'll have to wait till next week to hear my opinion and what I think is my favorite feature of the Freestyle Guys. Tune in next week. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Guys, forgot to say, uh, there is a link with all the information for the Samsung in the description. So hit that up, have a scroll, let us know. Bye. So, um, and for me, the inflection point was around... Um, Yo, I keep referencing this thing and I'm realizing just how impactful it was for me mm. was around the time when the relationship kind of broke down mm. Mm. my last one so like mm. one of the people who are like women who've, who have known for years mm. and who is dark skin but like has one of the most abundant and loving relationships mm. so she sat me down mm. and she said to me what did she say it was a very tough conversation she said to me you know Oscar I, I've come to realize that I don't think the women in your life would get away with the things that they did to you or the things that you did to them if they were if they were dark skin. Like you tend to be very ruthless with how mm. you treat yourself and your boundaries. Mm. But somehow that ruthlessness disappears. Mm. You get what I mean? That yeah. you know, that sense of self um disappears whenever you're involved with a light skinned woman. Mm. And you see that's a very, very dangerous thing because like you don't know how they'll keep mm. pushing. Mm. Um the, how much you'll allow people to get away with simply because you think you have a preference. Mm. And then she asked me, all these people around you who are giving you love, how do you think it makes them feel? Mm-hmm. They care for you, they love you, they give you a lot of effort, they try to mm. build relationships with you. But you as a guy, you genu- like you genuinely don't put as much effort as you would mm. with a girl who's light-skinned. Yeah. And I was like, no, that's not true. She listed. Because you see, mm. the thing is, it's not just people who... And this is like... Uh, I was around 2024. 20, so mm. this is like after a long time. Mm. So she was like, look at this relationship that didn't happen. Look at the mm. girl you, you went for. Mm. Look at how you treated that girl. Look at how she treated you. You get what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a way. Um, I don't know if it's how we've educated ourselves as men in this in, in Africa or how we've kind of been taught to feel black or feel mm-hmm. African. Mm-hmm. There is a way we perceive 
being light skin as being kind of an elite mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. as a better than mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. as it kind of you're doing it not because you want to be because this person is good to you it's because you're looking for the approval of others you want mm-hmm. guys to look at your girl and say wow mm-hmm. light skin body mm-hmm. and then you know now the other complex thing is that mm-hmm. here in africa believe it or not we have women who are light skin and also heavy set mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. yo 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 and us african men we love our women yeah heavy set so mm-hmm. you know even saying things like that you mm-hmm. see even mm-hmm. even that sentence that i've made yeah. is you know it's against body image mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah you get what i mean yeah, so like there's yeah. so many of these I don't know how I can say it like we call them preferences but the prejudices that really really affect us and affect our women mm-hmm. that we don't even know happen. Yeah. So when she kind of broke it down like that saying you know you you've sat down and you've created like a prototype of the woman who you want to be with and if she's not that then you can't even see anything else. Mm-hmm. See how much of how much you're denying yourself. Mm-hmm. Yo so me I obviously got super defensive. Mm. um went no nah that's nonsense that's nonsense and now she has a younger sister who's like very very like i really respect because she's like incredibly brilliant mm. and like this girl sat me down and said can you imagine if you actually met the, if you actually decided to consider the women in your life right now mm. and look at them without necessarily um removing them from your dating mindset like if without necessarily saying i can't date you and cheating them the way you do and you actually decide to pour as much effort as you do into them mm-hmm. as much as they do into you can you imagine the flourish that you're going to experience in your relationships mm-hmm. hey. very uh, sobering sentence mm-hmm. because like i feel like if you as a man realize that your preference is making you pour up disproportionately into someone else's mm-hmm. life and they're not giving you anything back and you just keep doing it and doing it and they keep hurting you and hurting you and you just keep going and going you mm. even you a victim of your own prejudice exactly you're a victim of your own prejudice yeah. and then you now begin to generalize women you start yeah. to say all women are terrible yeah. nah not all women be mm. Mm. not all women because yeah. like yeah. that little prejudice of yours yeah. you know you like those ones that everyone looks at and goes eh, mm. she's gorgeous no yeah. buddy and then mm. you put so much money she ends up going out for someone else yeah. as she can as she will because mm. she has many other options mm. you you start you mm. get what i mean mm. So, so after the after the yeah. the tough conversations how's your mindset how did your mindset has it shifted did it carry on what did it do for you with your relationship now let me tell you what happened right so like after now that tough conversation i decided to educate myself on the okay. issue so yeah. like i decided to like pick up books mm-hmm. uh and kind of see how 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 as a man this has kind of affected my tastes mm-hmm. and why mm-hmm. um and the statistical underpinnings of the same mm-hmm. and I won't lie and say, I won't sit here and lie and say it's been easy or it's that predilection still doesn't exist because I mm-hmm. still think that I still have that inclination mm-hmm. but my god have I not started to appreciate black women it's, tr- it's trouble now mm-hmm. may I want you know I want my chicks these days looking like a stell mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like yeah, yeah, like yeah. there's a there's a way I was sitting in the middle of it's like you're sitting in the middle of an entire garden here in Africa. Mm. You're here in Kenya. You're sitting in the middle of an entire garden but you you want a specific fruit. Mm. Like you might starve to death. That's in fact that's the best analogy I give you. Can mm. give you. It's like you're starving to death trying to eat this specific fruit. Mm. That's not necessarily as tasty as all the other fruits. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you've told yourself it's mm. the tastiest fruit. Yeah. Then one day you wake up mm. and lo and behold you discover there much more nutritious. There's much more nutritious. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
things mm. and not to juxtapose mm. women with fruits guys hey, hey mm. don't don't attack us but it's like how the fall happened because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> this guy <laughs> yeah but like that's yeah. what it was like like it was mm. like one morning i remember like and it was when i got attracted to a specific person and like actually you know her tell you after this but like when i noticed that mm-hmm. yo 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 like mm-hmm. this girl is fine like mm-hmm. you know when mm-hmm. my mind went hey mm-hmm. this girl is beautiful and then i started to just like see i was like wow like it's like a veil had been lifted it's like the blinders went off mm-hmm. and it's also cuz i also started to consciously tell myself like be better because you know you have dark skin sisters you mm-hmm. have dark skin relatives is it that you're saying that your dark skin sisters and relatives are not beautiful is it that you're saying that they're not entitled to the affections and love of a man mm. and once i kind of got over that hump i'm still because i have to say there's a lot of unlearning going on mm. so i still had to grow into that role mm. Mm. yeah okay interesting so that's been your that's been your journey okay i am um, okay so i think the next the next stage is that's been our relationship with women uh, the opposite sex right yeah um Now I'm going to throw a term at you and okay. tell me how this makes you feel. Okay, go. Right? And then we're going to talk about being a man and being different shades. Tall, dark and handsome. How does that term make you feel? Sweet. There we go. Okay. You know, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Cuz uh-huh. that's me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, man. No. Yeah. No, yeah. but the truth is like mm. uh It's a very <laughs> It's a very funny. I'll give you a story. Uh I'll give you a story because I remember um that this happened when i was actually in your country mm. not mine mm. <laughs> my country but <laughs> never nope uh-huh. but i was in england mm. uh i got stopped so like we were like a group of uh, guys uh, working at the time and i was still very young so i didn't register what exactly mm. was going on mm-hmm. but like because i got stopped and they kept using this word big man big man mm-hmm. hey what's up big man what's up man mm. i was like why is this guy using this word big man big mm, man mm. like fine can i see your passport big man mm, mm. Hey, like this word like what does big mm. man mean yeah so like i'm um, i leave the i leave the i leave the i leave the the, the police uh, that i leave those police guys alone they see my passport everything's ordered in here i may just keep walking so like i enter a store that same day in a mall then they also use that word big man hey. mm, mm. i'm like big man big man I'm like what's mm. what's this word big man so yeah. I come back to the house right so I so uh, like I told you I stayed I, I was spending time with uh, where I was in London where I was being housed was by a Pakistani family and and Zareen who's mm. Mm. who's like very very like ingrained in mm. you know what exactly was going on in the culture so I tell her so I keep going to places and people keep calling me big man mm. and then she's like like I see alarm Like you know it's like yeah crap like mm-hmm. sit down like you know it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. sit down yeah. tell me what what exactly are the instances so i say mm-hmm. police like she like she like rolls her eyes she's like what i was like yeah they stopped me asking my passport mm-hmm. then where else so uh, that day we'd gone to it was like i think there was like a I don't really remember the name of the place but like it was central london and there was a store and i walked mm-hmm. in and then this um Arab looking short guy came hey what's up big man you know buy that big man and kept mm. and like when i was going around the store looking at things mm. he was like super engaging so she said she he wasn't super engaging he was following you around the store mm. huh mm. i was like what do you mean i was mm. like what do you mean like i thought he was a nice store mm. and she was like no yeah he was actually following you around the store to make sure that mm. nothing was shoplifted and i was mm. like why did he think that I would shoplift anything and why mm. did he use the same same word yeah yeah and the police officer used big man she's like because you're tall yeah you're dark mm. and you're african and that mm. time i had my beads on so every like it was mm. very clear like 
Yeah, I'm African. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that's the, that's actually the black experience, regardless of shade, in the UK, which is the the shop thing. That yeah, it's the black experience, regardless. I feel like, um, when we talk about men, yeah, uh, men in color, the tall, dark, and handsome thing. Yeah. There was something that I think someone said to me once. It was very telling. They said that, um, on the scale of colorism. Uh, masculinity and strength normally is equated to darker yeah and then as you go lighter it's softer more feminine so as someone that's probably slightly down the scale my experience with color and um, masculinity yeah has been one of two things number one is you're it's assumed that you're like a lothario you know that because you're light-skinned you're soft and you you're, there's a lot of trickery when it comes to women and there's an immediate distrust with mm. uh being a like slightly lighter guy, right? There's guys even further down the spectrum. Why are you smiling? <laughs> no, I'm enjoying my water, my belly. <laughs> so there's there's been that. There's that been like that uh, that that feminine thing associated with it, right? Because especially when you, you dress a certain way, you know, you look after yourself and you're light. But that's that's the that's the negative, right? It's like oh, you're the Lothario, etc. Then there's the disproportionate attraction that doesn't make sense because you're like okay, oh. yeah, there's disproportionate. So I feel like sometimes. The the lighter thing, especially in the UK, is a lot of the time it's associated with you're probably more successful, you're probably more hardworking, you probably like grind because you're like you want he's got money, he's light skin. That's like a thing. Same here. Uh, yeah, that's a thing that I've sort of experienced, um, which is tough because I think that also translates now to the women. Um, so and I think we've seen this. We're going to get into like the research and stuff, but we've seen this as well where a lot of the time and okay, perfect example. Okay, let's use Europe as an example now. In hospitals, when it comes to childbirth, you'll find that the amount of uh, tolerance that the doctors assume the lady has given birth varies based on the skin color. Are you kidding so me? So a lot of the time, a lot of the time, you'll see a dark lady in labor screaming, but her pain is not taken as seriously. They're actually given less medication because they assume she's stronger and she can cope. Versus a lighter skin lady. Or are you, white are you lady. kidding me? That's a stat. That's like there's a whole study on this. Um, so that same thing where color is associated with strength parallels negatively men. for men because you're assumed that, you know, you're not as manly. And then also the parallel for ladies is that they're assumed that they're more masculine. So that's like, yeah, in terms of shade, my experience and how it equates to ladies, that's how I've sort of seen okay. it. Um, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you also because now we've gotten into like masculinity and skin color because mm. I, I didn't talk on that as well when you asked mm. me that question. Mm. Tall, dark and handsome. I do agree um, that, uh, so my experience has been very different, mm, mm, uh, mm. especially when it comes to who I am as a man. Mm. Um, though of course, there's a kind of bias that I experienced, of course, uh, when I was, because I, I was kind of referring to that big man sentence, which mm. I still found very strange. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, the thing I, I have noticed that tall, us men who are like tall and heavyset and darker skinned are expected not to be is more intelligent. So, like, if I say something, like, for example, and this happens all that time, mm, yeah. I, we've, all the time. So, if I say something, mm. and for example, I say something that's like, or oh, interesting or riveting, it comes as surprising. It's like, mm. why is that coming from that? Yeah, like this guy is tall and uh, mm, and mm. dark and African. Like, mm. why? And of yeah. course, there's a lot of connotations as to maybe my accent or something. Mm. But even among in Kenya itself, mm. Mm. tall, darker men or dark-skinned men are not perceived as being more intelligent. Mm. Whereas the light-skinned man is perceived mm. as being more elite. Mm. Now, mm. I'll give you an example. 
here in Kenya, we have a lot of uh, matatu guys. These, these are guys who are in public transport who are mm. conductors, bus conductors. Yeah. I think that's the best parallel to use. How many, whenever, uh, as Kenyans, it will register when you see a light-skinned bus conductor. Mm. Exactly. Mm. And that light-skinned bus conductor is an anomaly. So everyone's like, right. whereas the dark-skinned bus conductor yeah. is yeah. like standard. The light-skinned man holding the wheelbarrow, carrying, um, who's the porter, carrying stuff to the market. Yeah. It'll register when you're driving. Like, he's a light-skinned guy. Why is he doing heavy labor? But a dark-skinned guy, you won't really, mm, you know, yeah. think about. So yeah. eco- in, in, in economic terms, we expect light-skinned guys mm. to be higher earning mm-hmm. than dark-skinned mm. guys. Yeah. Another thing, we also, when we look at dark-skinned men mm. in the gym and then being heavy set, mm. it's not alarming. Yeah. You get what I mean? Yeah. It's like, He's just another dude, mm. like who's like buff and stuff. Cool, yeah. but yeah. like, and you, but if you see a light-skinned guy who's like mm-hmm. buff and uh, mm. like that tends to be more of an attraction factor, even in the gym, like even mm. among men themselves, they'll mm. be like, you're the light-skinned guy who's buff is like really, yeah, not yeah. yeah there's mm. uh, that softness that you're saying, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's that. Then there's also when it comes to among men themselves, mm. um, the dark skin, uh, mm. the dark skin. Uh, person who like you, i told you was perceived as being less intelligent is also expected to work longer hours mm. strength strength mm. you know like yeah. you're like why are you being like you're mm. why isn't this work done mm. whereas when the light-skinned guy doesn't get their work done mm. you know they you know they kind of get away with a lot mm. also people prefer to work with right. light-skinned guys mm. another Another, like in the office, uh, thing that I've just observed also, especially in this country, mm. is that you'll find that there are companies that actually mm. hire mm. Mm. more light-skinned, both men and women, mm. more light-skinned people mm. um, because they want their business to be perceived as that's cr- that's of really a higher annoying. class. Yeah. Actually, even the hiring process is not exactly. based on merit it's or capability. S- some, a lot of times it's not based on is merit. Is it to do... I think it's probably to do with like, um, and this is a whole like we'll steer because the general theme I'm seeing with the association of lightness is aspiration, right? Yeah, um, okay. Because I feel this is my theory on the hiring thing. So, okay, if we talk about the Kenyan context, mm-hmm. um, and we'll jump into the main crux of it, like the where it's sourced from, is that a lot of the time billboards, lighter skin, exactly. right? A lot of the time companies when they've got like say um, we even saw it today. When you've got like a um, real estate company, you need people to show them around real estate, lighter people a lot of the time because exactly. it's to do with the presentation of the company being like, we're an aspirational company. We have lighter and more intelligent people because they're closer to whiteness. Exactly. And where did a lot of our quote unquote education systems come from was the white person. So I think as much as those systems have been like dispelled after a long period of time, there's still a there's, bit of a yeah. uh, uh, current in Africa. Where, there's yeah. a step further because mm. you have to remember who are the ones who are bringing in capital into the country. Mm. Mm. Light skin guys. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not light skin guys. White guys. Mm. Like because a lot of the a lot of the investors that come into Kenya mm. with like the big bucks to spend yeah. tend to be white mm. or tend mm. to be yes tend to be white. I don't like mm. to use that word white, but I'll mm. use it today. Yeah. Tend yeah. to be white. Mm. Um. And they come from white-owned investment mm. companies. Even mm. you'll notice that in the boards of startups mm. that we see, mm. they yeah, <laughs> you'll notice. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I've got you there. I've taken mm. you there. A lot yeah. of the startups that we see mm. 
you'll find that they access funding easier, easier much easier yeah, yeah when the board yeah. is of a particular shade mm. but when the board is yeah you know yeah, from yeah, yeah. Uh, descendants yeah. of of chiefs yeah there's that there's a perception there's like, a perception that yeah there's going to be mismanagement corruption yeah, yeah. so so mm. so in the end what ends up happening is that if your people who are like considered smart founders what mm. they do is they give a little bit of their shareholding mm. to that light skin mm. or white guy mm. and that person sits on their board and then they attract a lot more funding mm, mm. Yeah. we're here now we're, we're here, here now oh my brother um, <laughs> we've arrived <laughs> we've arrived so now let's talk because yeah. so let's talk about um how we got to the mindset we're not going to do the whole history everyone knows about slavery everyone yeah, knows yeah. about the white man coming but we'll touch on it and then i want to get into how we've sustained that narrative okay. because you know we always say um it's not your fault but it's your responsibility this applies to society right yeah yes we've lived in africa yes there's a lot of bad history that happened oh, sorry um it's not our fault but it's our responsibility how we've now navigated that right yeah um i remember in the first episode you ever did on man talk we were talking about social media digital media uh, there it is. imagery you know yeah. subconscious things exactly. and you said the reason you left social media is because you were thinking how many this is the exact quote original how thoughts. many of the of your thoughts are original thoughts and i think that's a very powerful line because um if we're looking at where we are where we are now and we can say we've been emancipated from everything that's happened we still the fact we're still having these issues means we haven't let go of what happened back then if we okay so now let's talk about media yeah, because cool. even on this this is a media platform I read somewhere that was so interesting when we were talking about the perception of um like presenting something the perception of competence when it comes to acting when it comes to entertainment and a lot of that is still even in Hollywood it's changed but a lot of it is still rooted in in whiteness and there was something that um blew my mind right mm-hmm. so back in I think it's the 70s when the first kind of cameras I think it was the 70s the first cameras were being produced by Kodak right there was something called the Shirley card that they had Now the Shirley card was how they made their cameras to be able to pick light from the subject and how they standardized how I'm not going to get into technicals but how they standardized how the how the camera would capture light. Now what they used was literally a white lady's face. So that's how cameras were being formed from the jump. So from the jump it wasn't made for us like these cameras were not made for, for black film, subjects, yeah. right? So even as you go into media even like there's a BBC card back in the day white person so all of these institutions all of this technology from the jump What was is around it was around white people then one of the things that happened as well really interesting in Nigeria is that back in the day when they used to go and now look for wives be like and they'd say send me a picture of these wives right i want to see you know because you know that's how they used to choose right because now there's technology when they'll go now these are successful guys by the way if you're being asked to take send a photo you're a successful guy so when he's shown pictures Imagine how the subjects look versus the lighter skin ladies versus the dark skin ladies. So now even in I believe it was Nigeria or Ghana as these ladies now start getting wives you would find that because of the way the picture comes out he's going to pick the light skin person oh my God. because the other one will look quote unquote like not as appealing. So now women getting married started being lighter skin. This is now back back in the day. So now this sort of carries on from the imagery. Okay, so then we get to um a place where we're a young guy I'm a young guy in England you're a young guy here um a lot of our media comes from America like that's been the staple when it comes to movies films and America's history is so messed up we, we all we're not going to get into it but we know how messed up the American history mm. is so imagine what we're consuming in Africa 
we've got our colonialism and then we've got our media that we love from a place that's literally had the same thing happen to them yeah then you've got me in a white country like england i'm consuming everything that's coming from like new york or up here and there was a really funny picture when we're talking about music now we're talking about entertainment where it was a picture of your favorite rappers it was jay-z it was diddy it was kanye and like a few others and then the quote was like this is black excellence now the association they were all with their wives at the back there the, you've probably seen the picture yeah. they're at the table i think it's, it's not rock nation brunch but it was something and then there were some questions on social media like okay how comes the consistent factor here is darker skinned men and the aspirational wife they all have is, is kim k beyonce da, 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 all of them is light-skinned ladies and they're saying okay how are the young men not going to associate light-skinned with ladies success. with success if their favorite rapper their favorite my movie has guy. these light-skinned people yeah. so at the beginning of this episode we said we're victims we're right? victims everything that has been given to us has said that light skin is better so now what do we do from there so my like you said you did the self-development thing i did the same thing and we've said the, the term subconscious bias right i feel like everybody yes at the start has the subconscious bias we've been consuming everything but it's up to you to make it a conscious bias because you can sit in ignorance and be like ah oh, you know oh, like, goodness. oh my goodness i just i keep it's, sleeping and like, falling yeah. into these light skin girls <laughs> Whoa, <you> know? wow <laughs> <laughs> but it takes you to say okay yeah. how many like you said are original thoughts, thoughts. and i uh, there's a thing that i want to equate it to that i said with my own story was as soon as my original thought of myself as a black man came from me appreciating history came from me appreciating who my family is the beauty of my family meant i was now able to appreciate the beauty of my own people my own like women that look like me yeah. so i think that's a journey young men need to go on like they need to go on the journey where they don't listen we love white people we love light skin people but we don't glorify yeah. that and at the detriment of you of you yourself exactly. because then you're going to be like your favorite rapper and go for a light skin person because at the core and and suffer the consequences and, suffer the and like you said let them get away with more we love you light skin people we're not saying that but like you're going to let them get away with more because at the core you're thinking that this is a trophy this is success but i think if you take the journey as a young man and you love yourself so much more you're more objective and you're not you know having the subconscious bias because yeah. you've consciously chose to love you and then you can now love women regardless of their shade and their tone because you're now going into a deeper connection because your surface level is gone you want to find out that person because yeah. you're taking a journey with yourself exactly yeah. because you will yeah. now look at them objectively, objectively and 100%. be able to clear that through yeah okay so i'll give um us an african perspective um mm. So basically the findings some of the findings I I think from that will benefit uh, mm. people of color mm. and African specifically who kind of listen to our podcast and watch um, mm. our content. Mm. The first thing you need to realize is that colorism is not an idea that mm. is has been sourced from black people themselves. Mm. Yeah. Like you said it is not an original no. thought. Yeah. Turns out mm. that the white man mm. when they came to our country mm. realized that as much as there are tribal groupings come on and they always say that you know there was a lot of tribal warfare and it was a lot of chaos mm. turns out that the research is showing us something different mm. what the white man actually had to do when they came here mm. was that they had to figure out a way to divide mm. and yeah. conquer people yeah. yeah and so when they used force mm. um to enslave africans mm. they realized that that point of warfare and that point of trauma mm. might be a unifying factor mm. here in africa Mm. So what they decided to do is to divide Africans based mm. on their skin color. Mm. 
So you'd find, turns out that it's not just an American thing, mm-hmm. it's also an African thing. Mm-hmm. That the lighter skin communities, mm-hmm. the lighter skin uh, men who mm-hmm. could speak Swahili and mm-hmm. would use words like, uh, yes, boss, mm-hmm. memsahib. Mm-hmm. Memsahib is a word that used to be very common in the 60s. In Kenya, mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. that common. Memsahib means mm-hmm. uh, big boss or yeah. uh, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so those words, um, so the light skin, mm-hmm. the Indian, Mm. Uh, population mm. that was yeah. in that was brought into Africa mm. was brought in to serve the house, mm-hmm. whereas the darker-skinned Africans mm. were actually mm. working the farm and tilling the fields. The same parallels happening. Same same years. thing was happening mm. in the mm. U.S. Yeah. So what ended up happening was that, and you can check like the guys who are doing security and the home guards were dark-skinned guys. Mm. Mm. Still, you'd yeah. be surprised that that same social grouping yeah. are mm. the same guys who um, were also taken to do war. Mm. Um, in Burma, mm. in World War Two, that mm. those dark skin guys, it was yeah. never the light skin guys who were mm. taken for the war. Yeah. Now the dark skin guys came back home mm. and fought for independence. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 So now I want you to see like the trauma mm. kind of yeah. um, that's been perpetuated. Now once those uh, once the dark skin guys got the independence, mm. they started perceiving the white skin guys as being less mm-hmm. African than mm-hmm. yeah. than them. Yeah. So um in a country where uh <laughs> it's very funny where for men the dark skin the light skin men were perceived as being feminine as being mm. the house workers mm. and being soft mm. the women were perceived as being more valuable mm-hmm. and more beautiful because mm. the rich white man used to like yeah. the light skin mm-hmm. women mm. Mm. so turns out that that colonial mindset yeah. still continues today yeah. and the white man intentionally mm. placed it upon the african mm. mind mm. Mm. so that we can continue yeah like yeah. they can continue to have a grip over mm. us another thing that they did that was very very i found very very clever because it it's it has an undertone is that um when you look at the statistics for <laughs> for scholarships mm-hmm. among africans yeah a lot of the Africans who went abroad, mm. let's say, and studied there, mm. also happened to, let's say, get, let's say, uh, <laughs> it's even funny to say. Mm. So they went abroad and mm. studied abroad. A lot of them were light-skinned mm-hmm. um, African guys because their parents, yeah. you know, were closest to their masters and understood yeah. the value of education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other dark-skinned Africans who were tilling the field didn't yeah. really know the value of education yeah. start. St- yeah. was stuck in that yeah. country yeah. so again an economic divide happened and mm. because the light skinned guys were raised literally you know to be mm. white mm. a certain percentage of them stayed there yeah. and another percentage of them came back but yeah. came back with white mm-hmm. women mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so the, the, the color tone still remains so the color yeah. intonation still remains mm. so that's why you'll find that there's an elite education mm. of like white men mm. no, light skinned men mm who sat in boards mm. of companies mm. and these white men always knew mm. when they gave us independence that a light-skinned mm. person is way more familiar because they'll mm. take care of your interests yeah. Yeah. and that's why they sit on those boards and that's mm. why they maintained a lot of the power that they do mm. so it's it's crazy how so it's both yeah. economic yeah it's cultural exactly it's social yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So that's what I, as an African mm. that's something you need to know mm. that these things were intentionally mm. put in place one of the one of the key things you said at the very start is the fact that to conquer you have to divide because unity brings strength and then we're not going to go into it again but then if you look at what's happening here 
and then the same thing happening in South Africa. Exactly. Like literally, the the essence of yeah. the whole plan oh, exactly. was now apartheid yeah. is yeah. the perfect like perfect is the perfect example, example where yeah. they were yeah. dark skinned guys exactly. in the field, coloreds, yeah, and whites, yeah. yeah. And you see that mm. kind of hierarchical mindset mm. is what like has really divided Africans yeah. for a yeah. long time. Yeah. yeah. So I think with that context, um, and these are the things that I was like yeah. looking at and what made. Made me to a, a point angry yeah. at where my mindset has come from. There's one part we've almost skipped: mm-hmm. the fetishization of skin, dark-skinned people. Okay, that's that's that's, that's something. So, mm, so before we started, <laughs> before we started rolling, uh, we're actually talking to Eric, and he was saying like uh, we're talking about okay, if you want to eliminate um, a prejudice, yeah. it doesn't mean you have to go to the other extreme. Yeah, because I've seen this happen. Because okay, so. You say in the Western countries, oh, there's not enough opportunity for black. There's not enough black people on screen, yeah. and then you put, no, it's not. It was still based on merit, but you put someone as dark as possible to be able to now play that role. A more what's his name, Morris Chestnut, yeah. is like the big, sexy, dark black man on the far extreme. Yeah. You know, you need somebody like Lupita to play a slave. It has to be as dark as possible yeah. to show. She's the one who's shown the suffering. She's exactly the one who's show. whipped. Exactly. That it's her who's whipped. whipped. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. Still a fantastic actress, but you see yeah. the well, casting. And, yeah. And you know? she's, my God. Yeah. Yeah, Lupita, incredible. if you see this. <laughs> yeah, Where? Yeah, but you have to, yeah. Even touch the mic. <laughs> Lupita but, is um, beautiful. It's, yeah. But I feel yeah. like that's the risk that happens. I think the journey we'll take is, I think that's always going to happen because as long as, and this is a whole conversation when we come to solutions, as long as the people um, that are making the castings, as long as the people that are in charge of imagery are there, they haven't got the black experience. So in a in a spout of ignorance, they'll be like, they want black, let's give them as black as possible. Yeah. And then you start to completely miss the point of equality. Because if you're now, you've got now another prejudice, you're never finding the middle. There'll never be equality. Never, yeah, and the only way there'll be equality is yeah. if the people that are actually making decisions are from that community exactly. have been able to do a Tyler Perry. And now when he's casting, he knows that black experiences yeah. encompasses every shade. But yeah, I, I, you've mm. taken it where guy. Mm. That, no, you know, that, the problem is Tyler Perry might watch this. <laughs> Why is it that the mm. dark skin bald guy, in fact, let me take off my hat. Mm-hmm. Why is it yeah. that the dark skin bald guy is always the one abusing his wife in your stories? Mr. Mm. Tyler Perry. What's going on? And why is yeah. it that there's always a light-skinned savior mm, in mm, all of your mm, movies? Mm, Even mm. that other guy, the guy for... There's this show uh, there's this show where there's this green-eyed, light-skinned girl. There's a mm. guy called Kenya Barris. Mm-hmm, One of mm. his shows, White white mm-hmm. Something. Yeah, I'll remember it's on Netflix. Really mm. good show. Mm-hmm. Dear White People. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah really yeah, good yeah, show. Yeah, but yeah. you'll find that the light-skinned girl... Mm. The dark skin queen, the one who's even mm. wearing colors, yeah, yeah. is the is like the yeah. she's the comic relief and the support mm. character to the light skin one. Yeah, please, yeah. Lord. Yeah, you have yeah. it wrong. Mm. My God, give me that. I show you. <laughs> give the yeah. other one, like mm. I don't, I forget her name, but mm. like Kenya Barris, like and Tyler Perry, like there's a lot of you know they. I understand what they're trying to do. Mm. And even their portrayal. There was a Kenyan guy actually in that they, mm. they portrayed a Kenyan. Mm. This is how by the this is how the Kenyan accent sounds like in case you've been wondering. You guys have been oh. hey messing. They never freeze. No, they never freeze. What? <laughs> no. no, that's not how we yeah. speak. So like mm, mm, mm. yeah, like so Taylor American black American film mm. portrays tries to portray Africans as this um uh, I don't know how I can explain it. Blackness rather. As these things that needs to be overly glorified, mm. 
mm. rather than something that needs to be understood. Mm, mm, I mm. think that's what we should start with. Start with understanding where you like mm. what it means to be African and what mm. it means to be Kenyan or what mm. it means to be because as much as we're African we're all different and we have certain nuances. Mm, so mm. whenever we see this attempt to make Africans look like a monolith, mm. all of us like mm. literally mm. from all 52 countries, mm. I think there's we are even close to yeah all 54 countries. Mm. Mm. No, 52. All 52 countries. Mm actually like roll our eyes all of yeah. us roll our eyes when yeah. like media tries to portray us as a monolith all of us have our certain mm. nuances mm. and then on top of that we we are not getting anywhere further mm. if we are pandering to mm. you know the white audiences mm. that mm. you know tend to dominate television and media abroad mm. that's what i think yeah the 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 parallel we're talking about with Tyler Perry right and you mentioned you know Uh, the cast of black women in dear white people you know the light skin girl is going to be the main yeah relief now if you look at the now we're talking about the betrayal of a black woman yeah that's tyler perry perry who is also a victim yeah. of you know the environment he's come from exactly. now when you parallel that to shonda rhimes and how to get away with murder the casting of viola davis as, as a successful, as a successful attractive yeah um intelligent dark-skinned woman is That's come from somebody directing yeah. it that is also yeah. a black a woman. woman. So the yeah. only way you're able to accurately portray somebody is if the person in charge yeah. is the one making the decisions. Because Tyler Perry, there's a, there's a really um, fun thing that that's always said. Fun is the wrong word. But there's something that's always said when it comes to directors, right? Yeah. Um, they say that when it comes to intimate scenes... You can always tell the difference between a male director and, and a female, female director. director. Yeah. It's the same thing when it comes to to color. Like Tyler Perry, I don't know what his wife looks like. I'm not familiar, but he's still got those prejudices as much as he tries to fight it. So you can't now say to Tyler Perry, like, I need you to be very objective because regardless, he's still gonna have that. No, I agree, so, but mm. like Eli, don't you think that it is intentional? Because you also have. I I like how your 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 you're not you're accounting for the fact that yes, he has obviously the same prejudices. But it's one thing to make a film when you don't, you're not aware of that bias, and it's mm. another thing to make the same film mm. when you are conscious of that same bias because mm. you know it attracts certain audiences, mm. and those audiences mm. are literally funding mm. your, you mm. know, your career. Mm. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's happening at the expense mm. of, like, the truth. Mm-hmm. You get mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. And if you want to correct that. Then shouldn't you educate yourself on what is the actual real issue? Like the way, mm, for mm. example, because this is not the first podcast where someone has said, "Yo, it's mm. a bit too much on the nose." Mm, you mm. know, it's so the issue of truth, right? If we're looking at the portrayal of a light-skinned lady getting more attraction from black men, is he not showing a mirror lens into America still? He, he's still, but I feel like what happens is maybe that's sixty percent, right? Yeah. So he's showing the sixty percent, but the person that's going to talk to the forty percent. Is the person within the forty percent the Shonda Rhimes? I agree. Like that's the person. That's so I'm saying. Tyler Perry, as much as he's perpetuating these images and is a victim, he's actually yeah. still showing a mirror. He, he's showing society. a perspective, and I agree mm. with you. Mm. But then, don't you also see that if you show a perspective and your mm. audiences and the black, who are you mm. making your movies for? Is mm. the question you should ask yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're, you see, for me and you, when we watch How to Get Away with Murder. When you see Viola Davis have to tell herself that she is beautiful, mm. that she is attractive, mm. that she is incredible as a black woman and mm. as a person of color, yeah, yeah. it tells us that this is a debate that the writer and the director have also mm. undergone. And you're very right. Mm, mm. But the question is, 
for the guys who are making movies mm. that are consistently being consumed by white audiences even more than they are being consumed mm. by black ones mm. don't you think that there's a disparity mm. who is your audience it's like mm. if mantok started making a podcast mm. and then suddenly we'd get an inswell a large mm. inswell mm. of european people mm. watching our content mm. and then the european people who are watching our content are racist mm. wouldn't we ask ourselves yo 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 hold on Mm. perhaps you are doing the wrong thing here yeah facts exactly yeah, yeah, but if we yeah. lean into it mm. then are we not also part of the problem true yeah that's the thing yeah. staying true regardless of the audience exactly you're saying um so now the final part we need to talk about solutions no wait before we get to mm. that um mm. there's something that uh popped up in my research and it's kenyan it's a, mm. this is a kenyan girl who has achieved success at an astronomical scale mm. um as an influencer and as a content creator Mm-hmm. and it's Elsa Majimbo. Mm-hmm. Um I think Elsa Majimbo's story mm-hmm. is one of the parts where we need to look at as Kenyans and even as Africans and really examine ourselves. Mm-hmm. Because if you there's a there's an interview she did in Dubai saying, see this whole light skin dark skin thing is mm-hmm. all a joke when it's about relationships, but it's a problem when it comes to be something like why is this dark skin comedian mm-hmm. suddenly the toast of the town? Mm-hmm. Why isn't it this light skinned girls mm-hmm. who are constantly showing us skin online mm-hmm. or something? Mm-hmm. You know that especially that fetishization of light white women light skin women online. There's so much to unpack. Mm-hmm. But like I'm trying to keep this as objective as possible. Elsa Majimbo's experience in Kenya as a black girl, as a Kenyan girl and as a now she's South African, but like she's always been South African apparently, but like that experience as an African girl achieving success is rubbing some Africans the wrong way because she's not the typical African beauty mm. standard that Eurocentric beauty standard mm. and that affects because I saw her crying in, a, in mm. an interview that affects her confidence mm. so you tell you tell me mm. like if you don't think that there's a problem for some for for us to take a 19 year old girl who's achieved success Mm-hmm. and to victimize her just because she's dark skin and to even start saying hey may don't understand why she's that successful not because of the objective of her content mm. but because of the color of her skin mm. how can we as africans or another african men or an african women sit down and say that we are loving our blackness mm. when it has taken literally mm. another continent mm. other white audiences to actually uplift this person and what they do mm. Mm. you know mm. so that for me was also something that i found as the best mm glaring example of there's a problem here in terms of our mindsets mm. and that we need to start uplifting our sisters instead of mm, mm, making them mm. feel small in a world that's already trying so hard to do that yeah the 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 idea of making her feel small because of the color of her skin right um kind of speaks to something else i saw so um a stat is that in nigeria 70% of women mm. bleach their skin which is staggering it's 70 77% jesus christ that was two years ago i don't know what it is now Um and I read somewhere where this lady she's a socialite there I can't remember her name but she's made an absolute fortune from uh, um bleaching products right and then they they sort of dived into what was your journey when it comes to bleaching and she said okay she's very frank because she's a socialite she's on Instagram she said my journey is that I knew I came from poverty I knew I needed to make money I knew I can't make money as a dark skin lady because my brand is sexual So she said okay she started to see that when she went lighter she made more money. So she doubled down and said let me make the product that makes other people lighter and I'll be the poster girl for this product. She's like a millionaire now, right? And then the funny thing is when when you dive into it you think that she's going to be an ambassador of this product. Like I'm making about $2000 a day from this project. I should be an ambassador. 
But she actually, when they asked her, why do you think your product does well? It's because she says a lot of women are insecure. Um, and that's why they feel they have to change to appeal to these men who have been whitewashed and associate beauty with being light skin. So all of her audience, all of her customers are insecure women. This is her words, not mine. They're insecure women that are doing this for men. Then they went deeper and they started talking about now the retailers that are selling them, like even her product. And oh, by the way, before she finished the interview, they asked her, what, what's the one thing you changed? She said, I wish I never changed my skin color. And this is a person making $2,000 a day from this product minimum, right? Then they now went into now the resellers and the same thing. They asked her, um, why have you changed? This is now uh, just a normal um, lady. Why, um, why have you changed your skin color? Would you ever change it back? The lady literally said, and this is now when we're going to talk about the solution. The lady literally said that I need to be light while I'm dating. When I get married, I might stop bleaching. But I need this to be in the dating pool. I need to be this certain skin color because the men here won't appreciate me otherwise. And then again, what's the one thing you change? I wish I never changed my skin color. Because when you start bleaching, right? So now if that's the consistent thing where the stat is 70% of women are doing this, and the narrative we're hearing is that a lot of the time it's to do with sexualizing mm -hmm. of the men mm -hmm. to try and find someone. So what does that say about the black men? And what does that say about the solution to the colorism problem? Yeah. No, let's get to solutions. Because yeah. that's that's a good tie-in. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'm pleased to inform you that uh, before the white man touched our lungs, mm -hmm. uh, my community used to uh, measure mm -hmm. beauty mm -hmm. based on her. What was it? I think it's a forehead or something. Mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. The size of a forehead Come and a smile. Yeah, yeah. As we are, as we, we like. fine. We, we liked fine. we liked the sauce. Mm, I think mm, mm. African communities we didn't have Eurocentric any Eurocentric beauty standards before this. Mm -hmm. Um, and what was perceived as beautiful back then, the length of the neck. That's why mm. some people used to wear beads around the neck. Mm -hmm, mm. You know, earrings. The size, yeah. the loop in her earrings. Mm -hmm. The gap in her teeth. The gap in her teeth. Yeah, yeah. Like as we and still these things remain profoundly mm. attractive. Once mm. you find and understand mm -hmm. the songs, there we go. Mm -hmm. once mm. you understand mm -hmm. these things, yeah. <laughs> you will look for them. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, so like you know, we mm. oh gosh, like you know me, I like like I said, thick like my grandmother's portrait. That is mm. another beauty standard. As mm. we like our women like mm. that. Mm. But and uh, like I said, uh not to body shame anyone, but mm. like it's and I'm not good. Hey, I don't know. It's a very slippery slope for us mm -hmm. men when you start talking like that. Mm. But like solutions for men is first of all, really, really think. Because mm. me, I honestly, you know, it's all fun and games when the bias does not affect you. And you know, it, you won't care. But ask yourself when you give, when your wife gives you a daughter who's dark skinned mm. and another one who's light skinned, mm. will you start to, because it's, mm -hmm. Will you start to give one of your children disproportionate mm. treatment? And don't look at yourself and think that you're better than everyone else. Mm. Mm. Because how many um, girls who are mm. dark skinned um, face that victimization in their own in their own home? They are mm. not. They're told. They're not told you're beautiful. They're told you're bright. No small mm. small things like those. Mm. Mm. You're bright. Mm. You're not mm. fly. You're bright. You're very smart. Yeah. yeah. No, instead of she's the one in the kitchen doing the dishes, mm. while the light skin one is the one entertaining the guests. Mm. You know, these mm. are things that for us men we can look at and laugh at, mm. and like try to trivialize. But the truth is, they actually hurt our sisters and our women in a way that mm. is 
absolutely incredible. Mm. And mm. as men, even me, like I said, even me, I'm a strong victim. You line up my exes and the women I've been involved with, they all look the same. Mm. Mm. Um, mm. But I'm trying to change that every day. So mm. I think the thing that has added a lot of value to me is to educate myself around the issue. Mm. Mm. Actually consume the literature around the issue. And don't look at content that's um, pro... I think there's always this thing where men always were like, why am I listening to a woman tell me things? Mm. Why am I listening to content about women? Because it turns out that these women have been putting out a lot of content. Mm. Um, a good example of this is, I don't know if you've seen Yandla. She's mm. like a famous psychiatrist. Um, she does this on media a lot. Where she was talking to women about colorism because one of the women was a light-skinned girl, mm. a darker-skinned girl. <clears throat> Not darker-skinned, she was a, a woman of fairer skin. Um, tweeted something that was absolutely reckless mm -hmm. about how black women are less attractive than she is and she's saying like shut up and mm -hmm. I think she got triggered and that's what she wrote mm -hmm. and they actually did a round table around what it means to be a darker skinned woman in America or a lighter skinned woman in America and how both of them have pains mm -hmm. and if you watch that as a guy or you watching the Nigerian thing if you watch that as a guy and you intentionally educate yourself, bro, like you might actually reduce the amount of pain in this world. Mm. That's mm. all I'll say. Mm. That and then the second thing is actually talk to the women in your life. Mm. It's not the 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 information you're seeking is not distant. It's not mm. far away. Mm. The information you're seeking is actually right there. Like for you, it was your mother and your sister. Mm. For me, it was one of my closest female friends mm. who sat me down with her, with her sister and gave me a lashing. Mm. Mm. So like, that's what I would advise men. Be more open to hearing conversations from women. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of narratives um, around men like who listen to women as being more feminine or being less masculine. How are you a king that can't rule? Mm. without 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 half, without half his kingdom you're a king mm. who can't rule mm. without half your kingdom you have to mm. understand w what women think and how they think so that you can make a more abundant life mm. and the more men understand that the more men become more inclusive and more aware of that reality mm. i think the better it is for us as a society as a whole mm. that's my answer good solutions good solutions um my solution bob said it best Emancipate yourself from, <laughs> from mental, mental slavery. slavery. <laughs> I swear, like, um, yeah. and this this would be my parting thought. I think if you want to be the best version of you, yeah, you have to be extremely honest with your mindset, right? And I feel like a lot of guys will take time to educate themselves on something that's really, really feels like it benefits them. It's very light, but having an inward look at yourself and being like, okay. My mindset towards money. Why is it like this way? Why is it? Why is it this way? My mindset towards uh, dressing, hygiene. Why is it this way? Yeah. The same thing. My mindset towards women. Why? Why is it this way? And as soon as you, there's an anger you'll feel when you realize that your mindset is not your own, yeah. and it will propel you to be like, no, I want to have my own individual thoughts and take that journey. Like I said, with myself to not glorify something that has come from something so evil because yeah, the fact that a God. lot of art a lot of the things we're glorifying comes from literally somebody making a conscious decision to make my mind that way and all these years later i'm still having currents from all those years ago it should spark an anger in you to feel like my perception of success is still geared towards white people i still look at white people as having more money i still look at light-skinned girls as being more 
of a, a woman that I want in my life, there should be an anger that comes with you. And when, when you have that anger, this is what happened to me. When you have that anger, you make such a conscious effort to be like, you're not going to inform mm. how my life looks and how I treat the people in my community. Exactly. Because that's come from someone outside of your community, right? So for me, I would say have an inward look, be as objective as possible. It's a tough conversation to have. And yes, we're victims, but it's not our fault that it happened. It's not our fault we're colonized, but it's our responsibility to free ourselves from that mindset. And it will go across the board, but since we're talking about colorism, and free and then be able to actually look for a partner for who they are and not for how they look because i think finally if we're talking about um we want to live a happy life right a lot of the time if we're talking about living a happy life um you'll see a lot of people they left uh they're like they'll, they'll leave africa to search for greener pastures to be happier but when you go there you're realizing that what you're quoting quote happiness is based around money capitalism but if you're talking about you want happiness you should want that from a pure place where it's to do with experiences people etc and not rooted in money so the same thing should equate when you're looking at um the person in your life like you're not looking at them as an aspirational thing you're looking at them for who they yeah. are and you're not dating someone for society to think you're a successful person because you've got this type of person in your life so have frank conversations start with loving you then you'll be able to love others i know it sounds very fairy tale, but it's very true because it happened to me and yeah then be as objective as possible you know yourself king yeah know yourself know your worth brother know your worth yeah so um that is i know there's so much more to unpack and i'm yeah. very conscious with this is probably one of the longest episodes we've done in a while um but i think it's a tough conversation a very important one and it's the first of many it's the first of many yeah it's you'll notice we didn't jump into statistics we tried to make this as real yeah candid and honest as, as, as we can as possible so yeah i hope guys have those conversations with themselves um so good to be back bro like just to be back in the chair. Oh, There's an amazing season coming. I'm very excited. Um, I don't know how long this episode's been, but I hope... This episode has been so long, it's cut off blood flow to my leg. Oh, yeah, I've got pins and needles. For sure. oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's, pins, there's pins and needles, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We didn't even get halfway of what I wanted to say, but yeah. Yeah, uh, I think we'll probably do more. And I'd, mm. I'd also want more input like from women. I think, yeah, and from yeah. other men. Yeah, we didn't get a chance to go f- to what was said on socials, but there was so much you'll probably carry that conversation on, on socials. Yeah. Which are linked uh, in the bio of the podcast yeah. and also YouTube. Also, so, we've um, we've decided to put together a little Telegram group, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just so that we can kind of interact with you guys closer so mm-hmm. you can get an inside look as to what me and Eli think and what our team thinks and mm-hmm. how better it looks like and how mm-hmm. Eric is constantly hiding his face but one day we're mm-hmm. going to show you how it looks like mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. so all that um, is going to be in the Telegram group mm-hmm. um, we'll put the link in our bio mm-hmm. as well I yeah. think there's a lot to unpack and there's a lot of exciting things coming out yeah yeah. Uh, let us know your experiences with colorism as well and your opinions if you disagree or agree love to hear from the ladies and the men and their mindset too but I hope you enjoyed making this podcast. Oh, crap. I hope you enjoyed <laughs> this, this podcast. Half as much as you enjoy making it because we, we had, had a ball. ball. Hey. See you next episode. See you next week. Peace. More season. More season. Season 10, baby. Come on. Baby. Come on. <laughs>